So, so what's going on over New Mexico? So here's the deal. Here's what I think's going on. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. a couple weeks ago, we landed on Mars. All right. Humans, well, human representatives landed on Mars. So apparently this past week, the Martians have landed in New Mexico. This is my theory. Now, I say that without having read the story. I've only ever looked at the headlines. What is this story? You well, both said you wanted to talk. Oh, no, maybe it was Dave. One of you guys said you wanted to talk. I did, this. but yeah. Uh, I think, because so what? Why, 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 why? Well, I think it's interesting that um, all of a sudden, and we have an we have UFOs identified over New Mexico by multiple sources and, and multiple um, um, uh, confirmations, if you will. Okay. Um, and American Airlines, of all organizations, of all people, um, confirms this. Well, confirms, well, confirms at least the pilot report. Right. So, yeah. but this is this is not. Come on. So, th- we, this happened in L.A. That's what this is. This is the jetpack guy. He's moved. He's. <clears throat> they say it look. They said it looks. It was like a, just a cylinder. A cylinder. Okay. A cylinder. What? Let me find the link. Um, There's a. Then, then, yes. Yeah, somebody it? keeps messing with the list here. Um, let's see. As long as it's got a green background, you're looking at the right thing. Uh, American Airlines confirms encounter with unidentified cylindrical object over New Mexico. Now, no one's said that the the jetpack guy looks like a cylindrical object. Okay, so that's true. Well, this is two different. This things. is this is Mark. This is jetpack Mark Two as as uh, well. It's Tony not a jetpack. It's it's a it's a bullet shaped contrivance. Okay. Know. You know, whatever. It seems know. to me that there's a there's a there's a legendary spaceship from science fiction that was cylindrical. I'm trying to remember what it was. I think it was a star. Wasn't there a Star Trek episode where there was a cylindrical ship that tried to eat the Enterprise or something like that? There was um, Star Trek Four, the, the movie, The Voyage Home. There was a cylindrical probe that was looking for whales. Right. You know, uh-huh. Boiling the ocean and knocking it and flooding and, and all this kind of nonsense. And um, well, it's not going it, to find many whales in New Mexico. That they had to go back in time to to get to humpbacks. This is and, yeah, okay, and, and transparent aluminum and all that. Yeah, uh, right. Okay, yeah, okay. Uh, th- this, by the way, is my number one problem with Star Trek. All right, is that Star Trek, and they to this day they do this. All right, is that they pay, play way too fast and loose with time travel. All right, it's like. <laughs> That's your only problem with Star Trek? Okay, Star Trek. <laughs> well, we woke up David. <laughs> um, what's the matter, David? Why do you think that's so amusing? Fast and loose with time travel. They which, are, yeah. They, which, they, they even <laughs> reference it themselves as a great line in the, uh, in the uh, Deep Space Nine episode where, um, what's his name, the captain there, and, and uh, went back to the Trouble with Triple Ups episode. And, uh, and uh, they, they, they got caught by the time police. Apparently there's time travel police in the Star Trek world. And uh, the, the Star Trek police, the Star Trek time travel police said to, what was the Deep Space Nine captain's name? Captain Cisco. Cisco. But you're really thinking about um, the uh, uh, Van Damme movie, Time Cop. 
Oh, I might be, but no, no. There was a definitely a line from that where the time cops made reference to. They said, they said, oh yeah, Kirk, he was the worst offender at time travel violations. All right. Um, so, uh, anyways, yeah. Uh, let's see now. So, time travel, um, um, worst offender. I'm trying to backtrack here. <laughs> where did we go off the track here? Um, cylindrical object over New Mexico, right? right. Uh, or as the guy said, it looks like a great big Tylenol. Did he really say that? No. The, 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 okay, good. A, a pop culture airplane movie reference. Ah, okay. I missed that yeah. one. Sorry. I'll get it yeah. during post. Yeah. Um, I get all. Your, I get most title. of you guys' jokes while I'm post producing this thing. Yeah. Um, and 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 my hilarity reaction was uh, because a few weeks ago I was watching a episode of How the Universe Works. Yeah. Uh, and what did you discover? Uh, the, uh, the the bad news is that time travel is not now nor will ever be possible because the universe is expanding faster than that, so we'll never catch up. Okay. Interesting. Um, so time travel playing fast and loose with time travel? Well, of course we do. It's fiction. <laughs> um we, it, we 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 stop just short of light speed on our fast and loose. I understand. A cylindrical UFO over New Mexico. So here's here's my first question. My okay. first question is, where are the pictures? I mean, well, there, there you go. See, everybody's got a camera or or two in their pockets. All right. Um, so why is there no picture of this thing? Now, admittedly, if it was a long ways away, you might not be able to see it. But nevertheless, somebody should have tried. Um, and you, so, with all the software we've got these days, you think someone would would cobble something together? I know, I know. So, what does this story say? It says, "Do you have any tra- somewhere?" This is I'm, I'm looking at the Forbes one. Which story were you looking at? I was it? just looking. There's two or three of them here. You've got one. Yeah, I um, put two on the list here. I've got. Oh wait. Yeah. Did I put both of them? Are they both the Forbes story? Oh, that's what it is. Okay, never mind. Um, well, the drive is, is a, I think, expansion on it. But yeah, you know, the drive pieces they've got. Uh, they've made some phone calls. Forbes, I think. I don't know what's going on with the Forbes piece. But uh, now they're saying that um, some sort of radio monitoring hobbyist person heard this. I'm surprised that nobody's found this uh, in uh, um, in uh, um, liveatc.net. Well, maybe uh, maybe it's have. not covered. Maybe, maybe it's not. they have. No or one. maybe those frequencies might yeah, not be covered. Yeah. Not every frequency in the world is covered. You know, one thing that apparent is, is apparent from the Forbes story is the object was not uh, using ADSB out. Uh <laughs> well, bust that guy. I'm let's, telling let's you, let's write him up. All right, I'm telling you. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Pilot reported, FAA released a short statement. A pilot reported seeing an object over New Mexico shortly after noon local time, Sunday the 21st. Traffic controller, air traffic controllers did not see any object in the area on their radar scopes. Okay. Well, that's, Uh, which, that doesn't close any loops. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we saw it too, but, you know, we're not going to say anything. Yeah, right. I don't know. I don't know. Did you ever see anything weird when you were flying? Okay, let me let me let me ask that question in a slightly different way. <laughs> uh, 
have you in your many thousands of hours, and I'm speaking to David as well, David and Jeb, in your many thousands of hours flying, have you seen things flying nearby that you couldn't explain? Okay. I have seen things flying nearby that could, without having known about them in advance, could have been looked at as, uh, that's kind of sketchy. Okay. Uh, um, what does I that was, mean? So, but, but in fact, what they, these things were called out to you by ATC or something? Exactly. Like? Exactly. Awesome. I was south of Edwards Air Force Base, eastbound at like, I don't know, 13, 15,000 or something. I don't know. And ATC comes up and says, hey, yeah, you know, um, Jebster, um, there's a, you're going to see a, a, a UAV. It's opposite direction, 1,000 feet below you. It has really? a it has a Cessna two hundred six chase plane. No, is that really that that this was that, this was this is for real this is yeah. for real, and I'm like okay, uh, just want to let you know it's coming. So you're not surprised. There are two there's there are two craft involved here, uh, so keep your eye peeled. It was severe clear VFR. Yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, seconds less than a minute later, uh, sure enough, here it goes. Look looked like basically a Tomahawk missile. Uh, yeah, went by me going the other way, a thousand feet below me, with a Cessna two hundred six right behind it. Okay, and and you snapped a picture of it. I, this was like I was going to say before cameras, but certainly before digital cameras. I see. Okay, all right. Well, uh huh. So I didn't think that. I guess I don't think of those kinds of things existing very long in the past, but maybe they were there back. Yeah, you know, pre smartphones. This were, would have been. Well, pre-smartphones for sure. This was like 2000, 2001, something like that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. David, what about you? you ever come across any kind of odd things in flight? Uh, the only sort of odd thing I came across in flight, I was uh, cross-country from uh, Jeffersonville, Indiana, back to Augusta, Kansas, and uh, uh, in western Missouri. And the uh, controller that was handling me called out a B-2 bomber. Which I couldn't see, and okay, then, good, naturally, naturally. Yeah, Then the B two bomber rolled because it was headed into its home field, and when it rolled, I could see the underside of it, and oh, there it is. Well, about the same time, some guy on a training flight in a one seventy two came on the frequency and said, "Hey, did anybody just see something unusual over there?" He 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 wasn't talking. He, he wasn't talking to anybody up to that point. He just said, "Anybody uh-huh. see anything unusual over there?" And the controller said, "Well, we just had a B two bomber uh, headed into Whiteman, and uh, really, where was it?" <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the, the most exotic one I've ever had was flying around uh, the Silicon Valley area once a long, long time ago. And uh, and uh, and ATC called out to me. Said they said traffic at your nine o'clock and three miles is a blimp, which I thought was amusing. I just uh-huh. yeah, cool is a blimp. There, yeah. Look at that, yeah. And so it was one of the one of the commercial. Yeah, I shared, airships. I shared airspace with blimps before. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was one of the commercial airships. That, I was slightly yeah. faster than that. Yeah, well, yeah. That's. You know, which can be a good thing or a bad thing, I suppose. But uh, yeah, they're basically stationary. It's just it's like a 
uh, movable. Uh, yeah, and they're also fairly TFR. visible. Um, and uh, it's a self uh, self uh, locomotive uh, TFR. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, all right. Well, so Speaking I guess we're not all that. Con- I, what's that? Speaking of locomotives. I know you hear my trains. I, I know. Hear your train. Yeah. Um, it's, he heard uh, the train coming. <laughs> it's coming out of the bed. Yep. There's no bend. It just goes straight through the middle of town. Uh, uh, a block, a little, you a little should, over. You should get a bend. Uh, that would just make it. Oh, no, we could talk about my train a different time. So, I, I, all right, you keep changing the subject here. Uh, there's something yeah. going on with these UFOs, flying saucers over New Mexico. And uh, I think well, we need it's to delayed. get to the bottom I mean, of this. Was it last year or the year before we had this thing where there was video? Uh, gun camera video from from some Navy F-18s uh, who were looking at a cylindrical object, looking object over the Pacific. They had they had gun camera film of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe this is the same vehicle, just in a different zip code. Okay, although you know, it just occurs to me: uh, isn't Roswell's in New Mexico? Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, See, this is all starting to make sense now. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Enough said. Enough said. I I, I, I think they looked at the the latest Mars rover that landed in there. Didn't see a return address, so they sent somebody back to check and see if we were missing anything. Well, not only only that, but... You know, we got this Mars rover, and it's all neat and spiffy and, and very cool and and uh, amazing stuff already out of this thing. Yeah. But its delivery system requires it to basically jettison the, the smart stuff and then take the, the, the powered module uh, and take it over like a couple of kilometers away and just crash it right into in the, in the Mars. Just boop, I know. You know, just yes. littering, just litter. Absolute litter, space litter. We, we are doing stuff to Mars that I, I maybe we're, we're, you know, the day will come when we're going to go. What were we thinking? This was I just, you know, you. yeah. Anyways, and so, right. so the yeah. Martians, they're they're sending, I don't know, uh, uh, probes back to to look at us, and and they haven't left any litter behind that we're aware of, but you know, that day will come too. Roswell, man, Roswell, litter, Roswell. I'm telling you, okay. All right. Well, I guess we're not. Well, wait, wait till that helicopter starts to fly ah, for that thing. Cool. That's that's going to really uh, annoy them. I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. should be on our P's and Q's. Yeah. So, anyways, all right. Hi guys, how you doing? What's going on? Hmm? We're doing these fairly often these days. I like it. Um, uh, you wouldn't know it from how quickly they're coming out on the on the net, but I'm trying. I'm working on that. We'll see how it goes. But uh, um, it's only been a been. When did we talk? I guess it wasn't last week. It was two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks. Uh, ago. But still, um, what's up? How's everybody doing? J- David, what are you doing? What's going on with you? I you, I hear you're you're a little under the weather. You, I can hear a little congestion. You, I guess you're getting over a cold or something like that. But uh, uh, otherwise, you're well, correct? Yes. Yep. Just trying to keep the rock moving uphill. Yep. 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 How's the, is it, is it still cold there? It's starting to just like almost get spring like here. Oh, it was brutal yesterday. It's got up to 70 degrees. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. That's that whole middle, you know, the middle, middle of the United States. The, the, Texas was notorious for this. Had that happened when we talked last time? I'm not sure. No. So Texas had this, this historic cold spell. Um, and then like six days later, it was 70 degrees. Um, and, uh, so that's what you're seeing too as well, David, huh? Okay. Um, 
A- anything else going on? You getting out and doing stuff? And uh, you know, I mean, what's 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 well, not, in Wichita? N- not much, con- considering the uh, condition my head's been in for the last couple of weeks. I've uh-huh. I've dialed back uh, getting out and about as a s- social butterfly, and have been sticking close to the barn. Mm-hmm. And when this is all cleared up, then I'll, I'll revert to my old good habits. There you go. All right. Uh, and uh, hi, Jeb. What's hi. going on? Jeb, Jeb, Jeb. Yes. So I, I hear you're a dad. I hear you're a daddy. I, good for more you, More like man. a distant uncle. A distant uncle. Tell me. Tell people what I'm talking about. I have three baby alligators. In baby my life. alligators. Oh, yeah. 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 So, so what yeah. does this really mean? Where, where did? Where? How? When? Well, I just got photo. I've heard. Of, I've known about them uh, for weeks, several weeks. Um, uh, I just got this week. Just got an image of them together. Uh huh. And um, have they been yelping? I've been I've heard over the last several weeks unusual noises every now and then and I couldn't place them um so I'm I'm thinking that yeah they have been yelping um mm-hmm. but why I don't know and uh how many of them I only hear one at a time but it's it's mm-hmm. it's some odd no, odd noise for the neighborhood shall we say yeah sure sure so now and now where where? Uh, 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 probably not on the island, right? Because you made some changes to the island. No, they're not on the island. They're they're down out by the uh, spillway. The, the okay. So not to give away too much. I don't want to give away too much. So you you have a great big grassy backyard with a pond inset right. from the edge of the tree line, right. and then an island inset from that. Right. And so it's sort of concentric circles. And and at one point on this concentric circles, you have a, a, a sort of a stream that occasionally spills water into right. your okay and so you're saying so that that must mean there's like a nest do do alligators have nests is that how it works they have eggs right don't they they're they, alligators they they have eggs they're i would i don't know if it's, i would call it a nest but there's certainly a location uh-huh. where the mother alligator um nests perhaps mm-hmm. is, a, is a good word um i don't know where that is yeah I'm thinking this would have made cutting the grass kind of exciting out there. I don't know. I, Mom is not going to be wild about Well, that's, this. that's the curious thing. Mom, um, I'll give her this. Mom hasn't eaten her offspring yet, so there's that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, no, it happens. I've heard that. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's, it's, they're definitely cannibalistic in that way. But, oh, particularly the daddies. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, that's the thing. See, you know, all along, you know, I just presumed – that uh, the big alligator that's been populating the lake for over the last several months was male. Well, obviously that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know where that leaves us, but she's still around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see her. She likes uh, a, a, a particular spot and uh, look for her, you know, in the, well, a couple of spots. Okay. And you look for her in those spots and you generally find her. Now, now, so are the little guys up and moving around yet or, or? – Oh, they're swimming. <clears throat> I they haven't are. seen them. I haven't seen them out of the lake. I haven't seen them on the on the yard. But they're in the in the in the lake. In oh, the no, pond. Definitely in the lake. In the, in the water. Yard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well. Lake, lake well. Cool. There yeah. we go. All right. Well, That's you know. uh, uh, it's you got the beginnings of an attraction. You know, put up a, I, put up a turnstile. What style. did I refer to it this morning? Um, uh, some uh, what did I put on Twitter? Something like Uncle Jeb's. 
Airplane Storage and Alligator Breeding Emporium. Okay. I haven't seen that tweet. I'll have to go looking for that. All right. Uh, uh, well, well, my congratulations. Cigars all around. Thank uh, you. Thank you. It's It's been a long time coming, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're very pleased. Very cool. Very cool. All right. <laughs> uh, anything aviation related you want to tell us about? or uh, No. Um, okay. I, uh, 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 well, you uh, got you got Debbie back a few weeks De- ago. Yeah, Debbie's back a few weeks ago. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I haven't, haven't heard had a I chance get, to fly yeah. her lately, um, either weather or work. So, but I'm 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 looking out the, the window here at, at like I don't know 650 overcast uh, that's supposed to clear up later in the day, but get windy. So I'm thinking tomorrow's going to be a good day. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. So, Sounds good. Yeah. It's getting to be spring here. I mean, it feels like, you know, this is the weird time of year. This is such a weird time of year. Um, it, it's always a weird time of year because this is when I start to get really spring fever. You know, it's kind of like the, you just get the slightest sense that winter is starting to to wind down. And so you really want it and you, you notice everything. It, it's also interesting because this is, for me anyways, um, this is the anniversary of the pandemic beginning. Um, I I was just the, the, there was a thing on on Twitter earlier this morning that I retweeted. Someone and says, you know, a, a year ago there was the last, this was the you know whatever we we're on the like the one year anniversary of the last good week. Yeah, they, that's a good or, way of putting or, it. Yeah, or, that's or, or, or a year ago this week, no one knew what was coming. Yeah, I, it's funny because I you know and uh, and I, I think I've referenced before that I. I, I keep a journal i write little notations about things that are going on in my world and i was i've been looking back at the one at those those writings from a year ago and uh, and although i was starting to make notes and references to this virus thing and i even spelled covid wrong and one it was kind of it's it's all kind of adorable to look back on it now a year later it's kind of like oh we were so naive yeah. <laughs> you know i remember i made notations and i think a lot of people had this attitude too it's kind of like you mean this could last three months holy crap <laughs> you know um and and it's just all I, I i just keep thinking that's just so adorable what we thought back then oh, <laughs> and look is. what it, it absolutely yeah. is and uh, so, anyways, yeah. So this is an interesting time, um, but uh, you know, knock on wood, I feel like things are starting to get better. And uh, um, you know, I, I, you know, it's going to still be slow, and we're going to be careful for quite some time to come. But uh, I'm I'm kind of feeling upbeat, both because of spring and because of um, hopefully the pandemic is starting to maybe slowly come down. Anyways, all right, that's what's going on with me. Um, the uh, did you see the SpaceX thing yesterday? I just think this, <laughs> this is great. So, oh, I loved it. Yeah, it was, it was just. Um, so here's where, here's the way I look at ahead, it. I'm thinking of it in terms of they they're basically in great um, MythBusters form. All right, the idea here is that even when an experiment goes really well, you got to blow it up at the end. All right, um, and uh, that's what happened yesterday. Right? Is Some, that s- someone said he was watching it with his daughter, and um, he wanted to see it blow up again. Uh-huh. And she wanted to see it land, yeah. and they both got their wish. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and it was really weird, too, because I actually thought that it didn't happen. So I'd sort of been following it off and on throughout the day. And um, and mid-afternoon or so, or early evening or something like that, um, there was video about how they had gotten to zero on the countdown, and the 
um, and the ro- and the motors had lo- lit up, but then immediately shut themselves down. All right, because there was some sort of error. And I thought, okay, well, that's that. And and then like an hour or so later, or two hours later, I see video that they in fact flew it, um, and and they they landed the thing. Um, you know, good for them. Um, but then of course, a couple minutes later, <laughs> without at least any warning, and and it was so unexpected that very few people caught it on video. There's not an awful lot of video. There was all kinds of people videoing the uh the uh the launch you know there's spacex has been doing this weird where they're not they're not publicizing the details of the timing of these tests they basically will say maybe today we're going to do it but it could be any time during the whole day and so all of these all of these uh, uh space youtubers get set up in various spots, you know, at a distance where they can see and they've got their telephoto lenses and they basically spend the day live streaming, uh, you know, watching the thing. And they've gotten really good at, although SpaceX won't tell them where they are in the cycle, the the YouTubers have gotten good at being able to identify various symptoms, like various venting of steam or smoke or whatever that is, all right? And, and that means they're at this point in the countdown, all right? Um, and so, uh, so they're all videoing this thing, and then it did this false, um, um, you know, uh, start where it shut itself down, and then I walked away. Apparently, they didn't because they did get the sh- the flight. The flight got caught by all these video guys, all these YouTube guys, but uh, then it landed, and apparently everybody shut off their cameras, and about two or three minutes later, it exploded. So. Anyways, I just but it, to me it's a Mythbusters moment. This is like every good Mythbusters episode, even when they successfully did the experiment, they uh, they blew it up at the end. Um, so it's, well, this just requires more dynamite, you know. Or we need some, <laughs> you know, and so yeah. Uh, well, anyway, it, it just goes to show that uh, you got to fly it all the way to the ramp. Yeah, I know, right? You know, I mean, all kidding aside, this could have been incredibly dangerous. I'm sure, and and you know, I make jokes about SpaceX, uh, but. They're smart folks, and uh, I got to figure that they, you know, take all kinds of precautions in the minutes after it returns. Well, and they've done a lot of stuff that hadn't been done to hadn't been done before. Yeah, you know, I, you know, boy, I don't know what you. Could. One of the things that, that surprised me, though, the video yesterday uh, was the the descent of the the landing stage. Right? Yeah, the, the the ship itself um, was a lot when it was horizontal. Yeah, uh, the unpowered descent was yep. a lot slower than I thought it was going to be, uh, because of the, I guess the stabilizing uh, air, uh, uh, fins or, or whatever they called. Right, uh, right. I, I've found, and and you, you you're probably right. I, I, my reaction to that whole process, that that whole sequence, is that it's really hard to tell exactly how fast it's coming down, because it's against the solid sky, you know, a color, yeah. solid colored sky, yeah, yeah. and and it's hard to know how quickly it's coming down. Um, it's likewise. It's always I, every so. There's been three of these now that I've paid attention to. And and they have great video of it taking off and climbing, and apparently it climbs slower and slower and slower up to its maximum height, which is something on the order of ten kilometers or something like that. Um, and apparently it it intends to hover up there, but you can't tell based yeah, on the background. Yeah. The only way you can tell, I can tell, sort of, is is that the smoke no longer is shooting away, right? The smoke right. or steam or whatever that is, all right, suddenly starts to blow sideways. And if you look at it, you go, oh, wait a minute, that thing's not moving, all right? And that thing's like hovering right now. And uh, and then it, then it does its little flip over. And like you say, it comes down 
um, on, on this horizontal thing. And yeah, so, you know, they're improving the software. They're obviously getting good at it. Um, coincidentally or not, they actually, um, did one of their more conventional rocket launches yesterday. Um, and, uh, um, and just nailed it. You know I mean? They, they basically put up another bunch of these, uh, they're, they're, they're positioning this constellation of, um, internet nodes. Right. right. Um, what's it called? Starlink or something like that. And, uh, um, and, uh, we have a buddy who, uh, I don't know if I want, if he wants to be named, but, um, so I won't right now, but we have, we have a buddy who lives kind of remotely and has been, um, accepted into the beta program of that system hmm. and hasn't actually received the hardware yet. Um, I'm waiting to hear how it works. Um, but, uh, um, but they launched a bunch more. Um, it, the launch went great. The release of all the satellites went great and they nailed the, they, they nailed the landing, you know, stuck the landing, um, out on the ship out in the ocean. Um, so they're, they're doing some great stuff, man. They're making some, some terrific advancements and, and good old Elon, you know, I, you know, it's like, I have a, I don't know. I don't know if I'd go so far as to call it a love hate relationship with Elon, but it's sort of a admiration disgust relationship with Elon. He kind of goes back and forth. He's doing some great things, but he's sounds like he can be a jerk sometimes. I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't disagree. I, uh, um, I think he's erratic. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's erratic. He's erratic. There's a classic science fiction story from by Heinlein called "The Man Who Sold the Moon," um, where where there was a, uh, a a very very rich guy who thought we weren't going fast enough in getting to the moon, and this is a story was written in like the 50s or early 60s or something like that. Um, Back when we weren't doing enough to get to the moon. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, and so um, and so this very rich guy actually created a private space program and uh it's just it may be a series of novel short novels or something like that and uh, i but i think of those stories every time i think of of elon musk um and uh, anyways all right all right well what else i don't what know else? Where, where were we I was... uh speaking of things that exploded um so oh, yeah. uh, this uh, united what kind of airliner was it was it, it was a triple seven triple seven where one of the engines apparently the right engine um just like exploded i mean had a major failure in flight soon after takeoff and uh it took off from denver from denver was climbing out yeah and one and a half of of the blades in the big fan unit on the front decided that they didn't want to go to Honolulu. (laughs) (laughs) They'd rather ski in, they'd rather ski in Colorado. So they left. Yeah. And in leaving, they took the whole outer cow ring with it, a whole bunch more sheet metal. Right. I mean, the images are stunning. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, flight crew did what flight crews do in such situations. They returned to Denver International and safely landed the aircraft. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah. It, it was a very photogenic incident. Yeah, there's one one video in particular that's of a pa- passenger shooting out the window just, just forward of the engine with a great shot of the engine in flight you know, clearly on fire and wobbling all over the place. And, uh, yeah, that's just gotta be a moment if, if you're a passenger on that airplane. Um, 
So, uh, but now I want to know whether have yeah. you, so have you seen reports that in fact confirmed that the, um, that the blades got out? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I've well, seen photographs I've seen that photographs, show that the blades show, missing. I showed, I, I've seen yeah, photographs of yeah. the blades missing. There's no question that the blades broke. Um, and there's no question that the part, great parts of the engine cowling and whatever broke away and fell to the ground. What I don't see is any indication that they, in fact, pierced the whatever you want to call it, the armor sheet, you know, the... the, the no, I, 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 the, um, the blades got out of the cowling, and the blades, I, I've seen, I, I presume it's from the same airplane. Um, but seen I have, what? An See, image of a gashed fuselage, right lower yeah. fuselage, forward or under the wing. Right. Uh, I've seen seven, that picture, of, too. Of a trip seven. I don't know if it's the same airplane or not. I, but it, it was I, clearly, this. regardless, this was clearly an uncontained engine failure. I guess maybe I, I'm not clear on the definition of uncontained, then. Maybe that's the issue here. Um, when, the piece, when a piece comes loose from the engine and leaves the confines of the nacelle, yeah. that's well, an uncontained... That's a, a blade, piece of a blade. Well, a piece of anything. Okay. Anything okay. that comes off the engine... Okay, all right, okay. And, and if, that's, it's, if that's... is, is uh, And gets outside the nacelle, that is uncontained by yeah. definition. So, for example, we saw, we saw a picture, um, when was it, a few months ago, of an aircraft, I want to say it was a, a C-130, um, where um, it had a clearly uncontained failure, and, and, the, and the fuselage got sliced, um, in in a pl- in a line with the turbine blades, all right, um, and that's what I think of when I think of an uncontained and turbine jet, you know, blade failure. Um, the picture Jeb's referring to, and I've seen that picture too, and and, and I believe that that is the same aircraft. That's this triple seven. The thing that made me suspicious about whether it was whether that damage was caused by the turbine blades is that that damage, first of all, was not in line with the turbine discs. Um, okay, all right, all right. We're mixing some physical term- terminologies yeah. here. Okay, Help me, educate me. That, that big fan up front, Yeah, that's, an, that's a fan. It's okay. not a turbine, it's a fan. Okay. It, all it does is suck air in. Yep. And most of the air it sucks in it goes around the, the engine core. It yep. bypasses the engine core. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. The, no, this is good. I'm, I'm, I, I want to know this. Go ahead. Well, and then you've got inside the engine, behind that big fan, you've got a multi-stage centrifugal compressor. Okay. And then you've got turbine blades. That's those are subject to the fire burning in the burner can, producing the power. Okay, thank you. Okay. That's a good. Those are the, those are the those are the turbine blades, and they're way in the back. And which of those that you just described was where the broken blades were seen? In the fan, in the, the fan. inlet fan, For, up forward. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, which kind of plays into my. Uh, this is me totally I don't know you guys know this way better than I do and I apologize but um it, the fact that the fact that the that the the the, uh, the damage to the quote unquote fuselage was um was not in line with that fan is what made me suspicious but I I don't know you know um, well 
The, by the way, that story indicated that the, the gash that we're talking about was, strictly speaking, not a gash of the fuselage. It, it, it was a gash. Maybe this is a weird terminology. The point is it didn't pierce the pressure vessel That's of correct. the cabin, yeah. right? Right. Um, that gash was apparently in what basically amounts to a fairing yep. um, um, underneath the wrapping around the wing root. Well, um, yeah. That's well, what the story said anyways. That's right, all I know. Right. Yeah, a couple of things. Um, one, um, I'm not so sure that the, the gash uh, is not relatively in line with the fan blades on that engine, okay. on that side of the airplane. All right. Uh, I I don't know what the geometries are. Um, clearly, the the engine is mounted on the part of the wing that swept back, so it's certainly within the realm of geometric possibilities that um, the damage to that um, fuselage was caused by the fan blades. But now, yeah, put a put that aside. Um, when the um, when the fan blades departed the fan, they got the fan out of balance. Duh! Right. The whole front of the engine started uh, um, rotating at a high speed, out of balance, and basically came apart. What t- it took with it, the cowling inlet, the cowling shroud. Uh-huh. Uh, right. the, the only thing that did seem to survive was the uh, that part of the the shroud around. I almost not the shroud is not the right word, uh, but the the heavy duty um, um, part of the engine around the the fan blades right. that is supposed to protect the airframe from uh, a, a fan blade. Penetrated the engine to sell. Right. Yeah, it's right. supposed to contain it. Yeah, the containment ring. Thank you. That's that's the phrase. I was Is that actually for. what it's called? Containment ring. I, okay. Yeah. That's what I'm going to call it right now. Okay. Okay. As opposed to the outer portion of the nacelle, it seems to me that that containment ring did its job. And that's what I was referring to yeah. when I when I was suspicious. But the of, rest okay. of the engine decided to it, it didn't want to go to Honolulu either. Right. And whether it, that was a result of the the and, the, and, the yeah, it was certainly the, uh, a result, or, or yeah, or a result of the engine being out of balance. Yeah, and the, the the external pieces of the nacelle departing were from that also. That could have been well, well could have been what caused the gash in the underside of the fuselage. Yeah. So anyway, now the other well, thing going on there too. Yeah. It, it, just because it didn't penetrate the pressure vessel doesn't tell me a whole lot. Um. That's where the main landing gear are stowed on that airplane. Oh yeah, right. That you've got hydraulic that, lines yeah. and all. Yeah. You got probably got fuel uh, uh, lines going through that general area. So there's a whole lot of stuff that could have been going on, uh, and uh, it's it's probably a little bit lucky. We we don't know everything there is to know about the the airframe damage, but it's probably a little bit lucky that uh, that was not as bad as it could have been. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. And and as you, I think you or one of you alluded to earlier, good job with the crew getting. Oh yeah, the crew you know, uh, keeping their heads about that. I mean, they, they train for this stuff, but never. Yeah. It's nevertheless, it's still a thing. It's still a thing. Life. The um, I listened to some of the ATC audio. Oh really? Yeah. What that sound the, like? The crew, the cockpit crew, was clearly a little rattled at first. 
Mm-hmm. They were like, um, emergency, emergency, Mayday, um, United 3, 382 or whatever it was. And didn't really get a response the first time. And then came back and, you know, kind of got a, a little, the, the words were a little bit out of sync the second time. Mm-hmm. Not as badly as the first time. By the third time, they had their stuff together and, okay. and was was using the correct phraseologies and the correct sequence and yada yada. Right. They were they were clearly, hey, we're going to Honolulu, you know. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> I guess we're not. Um, how uh, how high did they get before they started down again? Does anybody? I haven't heard, I haven't seen that number. I'm curious. Not I want to say high, like, I want to say like ten three, ten five, something like oh, that. Oh, they even that high? Okay. All well, right, they yeah. started from Denver. So oh, of course already, they started they're already six, halfway five. there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So five up five. Um, yeah, they didn't. They didn't yeah. get. I don't think they got into the teens. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Well. Well, it wasn't an off-field landing, but uh, it was a, uh, a force landing of the week, and uh, good job on that crew. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. um, by the way, the uh, video that so the video passenger video of the of the damaged engine. One of the things that struck me about it was, although it just stayed focused on the engine, um, you, you did hear from within the cabin. All right, uh, and and it was quiet. I mean, it was like no, I, you didn't hear screaming or i don't know what you might hear but it was calm almost it was i found that interesting i don't know so uh but most people couldn't see it i would imagine um yeah that's the other thing is, is you know everybody on the left side of the airplane couldn't see it yeah. most, most of the people in the center part of the airplane couldn't see it and only you know those right the, 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 the windows are too small on these on airliners these days you should be able to see so much more out of them especially especially if you're not in a window seat i know so, but anyway, anyways, but, it's early. This only happened a few weeks or a week ago or something like that. And, uh, well, and when in in terms of get outstanding outcomes, it, 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 some of the pieces that came off that engine <laughs> itself. Holy, I know. Yeah, the the, 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 the are, are lucky huge. on the ground as well, right? Yeah, this these pieces it, came down in a residential neighborhood. It, it, well, it, it, the 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 uh, containment ring, the cowling ring, that came completely off the engine. Landed in a yard in Broomfield, Colorado, having bounced off the roof of a pickup truck. (laughs) (laughs) And if there'd been anybody sitting in that pickup truck, they would have needed to be a midget to not be impacted. Yeah. I mean, it just crushed that puppy. Yeah. Uh, And in no time at all... Everything is back to normal. Yeah, I know, right? Well, okay. except for I don't know, maybe 120 trip sevens around the world with PW uh, 4000 engines on them. Yeah, basically, I know. They've, basically, uh, been right. grounded. Japan Airlines granted theirs, and I, I think United now has granted theirs. Uh, I'm not sure what other uh, operators are, are using that particular airframe engine combination. I, I and that know, was a Pratt. With it was a Pratt that, 4000. Yeah. Yeah. I you know I don't know. Uh, some of the stuff you talk about self-inflicted wounds, but I want to say poor Boeing. I mean, just Boeing well, cannot catch a break. Te- te- actually, they should be uh, knocking them back. They uh, they they did a great job. Actually, uh-huh. uh, the airframe did exactly what it was supposed to do: get its yeah. people back on the ground. Right. Uh, Pratt and Whitney should be you know scratching their heads a little bit, but Boeing came out of this looking really good. Yeah. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, I remember stories from back when the triple seven first came into service that 
the engines were special somehow. They were they. It was a it was a custom engine. I'm I'm just kind of saying. You tell me, but um, they needed a, a a bigger engine or something like that because yeah. they were trying to make this big jet that had only two engines or something like that. Right. Um, is, is that still the case? Is that still is this still the the same engine? I mean, Trip Sevens came out twenty plus years yeah. ago, twenty five years. Well, um, Rolls Royce has a an engine also. I think the Rolls engine was the first to power the Trip Seven. Okay, I don't know the model designation offhand. Um, and then the, uh, you know, just purely speculating, I think that was the first. And then, uh, the PW 4000 came along afterward. Yeah. Okay. As a competitor, because yeah. you can't Anyways. have, you can't have, you know, uh, one engine manufacturer get a monopoly on the airframe. No, no, right. Yeah. No, 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 no. All right. All right. Well, we'll, we'll probably learn more about this and, uh, we'll maybe even talk about it. I don't yeah. know. Um, moving on here. Um, I just want to say that, uh, if, uh, listeners, if you like what we're doing here with this podcast, please consider supporting it with a financial donation. Um, as little as a few dollars a month really helps us in enabling us to do this podcast. And if you uh, don't like it, keep it to yourself. <laughs> if it, you know. Okay. Um, you can send individual donations to the UCAP tip jar via PayPal. Um, people do that, uh, in this day, in this age, of Patreon, that's that's a, a, a less common way of doing it, but people still do. As a matter of fact, uh, thank you to recent PayPal donors um, Martin B and Mark L and Ed K and John D, um, who've made uh, uh, contributions to us through through uh, PayPal. Um, or you can also become an automatic monthly supporter of the podcast via Patreon. Uh, thank you to some of our um, more recent Patreon supporters: uh, Sean M and Martin B and Ed K, Stuart A. Robert W. and Antonio S., among many, many others, um, have been helping us out by way of Patreon. Um, And to everyone who supports us uh, by either Patreon or by PayPal, you folks are the best. Thank you so much. For information about providing automatic monthly support, you can check out patreon.com slash uncontrolled airspace, or you can make a PayPal donation to the email address podcast at uncontrolledairspace.com. You can get all this information again by clicking on the box in the right-hand column of the UCAP homepage. That's at uncontrolledairspace.com. Thank you so much. Um, Jeb, tell me about Mike Collins. Wow. Um, I, I wouldn't call Mike a good friend. He was a good I, – I didn't know him that well. But yep. he was uh, uh, he was a good acquaintance. Let's put it that way. Um, Mike was, uh, um, I guess, an editor and uh, tech guru, um, videographer, writer, uh, Swiss Army knife uh, uh, for AOPA for a number of years. Uh, I first met him. Back in the 90s, uh, I was with AvWeb at the time. Um, he was just starting out. Uh, I moved up a little bit. He moved up a little bit. Um, Mike, the best way I can describe Mike is uh, he was one of us. He was just like the three of us, infatuated with airplanes, uh, involved in the media side of personal aviation, very talented, uh, a pilot, uh, yada, yada, yada. And um, uh, he is, is, I'm sure many of our listeners know, uh, Mike uh, passed within the last few days. Uh, He was a COVID-19 victim, Um, leaves behind a a wife and three kids, 
uh, and uh, a very good legacy of uh, of um, fierce devotion to general aviation. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, he will be missed. He is missed, and uh, uh, he leaves a hole, I think, in uh, um, a. Uh, I don't know what you would want to call it, but um, uh, aviation journalism, general aviation uh, um, media, um, all of the, both of these uh, uh, industries. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, he, he will be missed. Yeah, David, did you know Mike? I knew Mike well. Yeah, yeah, Mike, uh, Mike, and I. Well, Annie and I first met Mike at the 92 Sun and Fun. Uh, I uh, had promised Annie I'd take her to a show that would erase the bad taste that she got when I took her to the Paris Air Show in 91. And Sun and Fun was where I knew we could undo all the damage that the uh, that the week at Le Bourget did in terms of her uh, comfort zone with this uh, air show stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike was working for uh, the Southern Aviator, uh, and Mike was a hardcore newspaper guy, true blue newspaper guy, before he came to aviation. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the years, we always managed to sneak off to uh, uh, my little private club on the grounds of Lakelands and and uh, share a picture and uh, catch up a little bit. Uh, Mike invited me to the uh, Atlanta Photojournalism Seminar, uh, and, and I went a couple of times. Uh, always got good stuff out of it. Uh, Mike falls into that category that I can rarely ascribe to people, but he was a true human being. Mm-hmm. Uh I always had a good attitude. I mean, it was always something going crazy in his work, but you'd never see it from the outside. Yeah. Uh, he loved what he did. He was great with his wife and kids. Uh, his wife, uh, it's, uh, his widow is uh, also on staff at AOPA. Uh, our condolences yeah. to her. But... Uh, Mike made you feel like you were somebody. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just by being around him. And uh, that first e- evening after we met, uh, he invited Annie and me to uh, join the uh, Southern Aviator group for dinner that evening. And we just had a ball. Uh, and one of my... Uh, regrets at not making uh, Lakeland this year was going to be that I wouldn't get a chance to sit down and and uh, share some time with Mike Collins uh, because he would be there and I wouldn't and well I won't and he won't yeah but uh, he uh, he covered all the bases yeah when it comes to when it comes to being a human being, he covered all the bases. I hear you. So many, so many wonderful people have been lost in this past year. It's terrible. And uh, he was bloody only 59 years old. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Moving on. 
So a minute ago, we talked about um, an airplane that was brought down by a, an air engine exploding. Um, and now now we've got an airplane that's uh, been brought down by a cat attack. <laughs> is this is this what do they say a cat cat five landing that's it's a networking talk um isn't there anyways what's the story here who wants to talk about that i think you both asked us to I, talk about this i just I, <laughs> yeah so, so this is a news week of all places yeah yeah and it is a story um out of uh cotter like the country cotter uh a tarco airlines Boeing 737, uh, apparently a cargo operation. Uh, oh, okay. I didn't catch that part. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Had, had departed had 30 minutes earlier from Khartoum in Sudan, uh, in, inbound to Doha, <clears throat> when a cat, and, and I'm presuming a house cat. Yes. Because there's very little description of, of the cat. As opposed to a panther, uh, as, right? a, as opposed to a panther, a lion, you know. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what yeah. I pictured as well—a yeah. house cat. House yeah. cat. Okay, uh, basically attacked the crew. Um, yeah, in in well, I well, guess if it was a, if if it was cargo, one would imagine that the cabin door was uh, the cockpit door was not closed, so maybe this cat had the run well, of. The and place. that's kind of where I come down and say, "Come on, guys, you can't handle a cat." Well, I don't know. You can't put well, you can't it, it, the cat and it, throw it past the cockpit door and then close the door. I mean, mm. uh, if I it was know. if it yeah. was a if it was a cargo configured uh, airliner, there's a very real possibility that there was no door. There was only true, a true. great big net true, uh, between the uh, flight deck and the uh, cargo that they were carrying behind the, the cockpit. Uh, and the net, I'm talking about something with the holes big enough for a substantially large cat to get through. Uh, but apparently it was a feral cat. Uh, it had been living the life divine and wild. <laughs> and somehow or another got aboard the aircraft. And I'm figuring that it was, it, it, it found a place out of the heat. And was curled up and Could just well really comfortable until all of a sudden this thing starts moving and it this aircraft starts moving and the cat comes out and goes whiskey tango foxtrot take that yeah yeah, yeah. this you know this, this could be though um, a very simple uh, just kind of the end if you will of a a uh, much larger story this could have been. Um, you know, a, a cat who spent its life traveling around the world on airplanes. Right. Yeah. See? So And woke up, discovered he was on the wrong flight. <laughs> well, I and went yeah. berserk trying to and, and succeeded in, in getting the plane to turn back around. So and go back okay. to and so he could catch a different airplane. This could be like, you know, the smartest cat, you know, in the solar system. Because it knows the airline schedules, it's traveling around. It's 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 you know it's retired. Um, it's got it's got its own airline pass, so to speak, and it's just doing its thing. Yeah, I'm sure that's the explanation. Yeah, okay. It's racking up frequent furry miles. Yeah, all right. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It was. Uh, but I. I you know. But this I, could I, be you know just the the the, the first instance of this cat. So we might hear from this cat again. 
You think? I, I don't know. Bear, this I, could be the barefoot bandit all over again. I'm, right? I'm, this I'm be... done with this topic. It depends. It depends <laughs> on whether his checked baggage made it. All right. If you say so, I don't know where to go with this. I think we're done. I think we're done. I think we're done. Thank you, guys. It's always fun to get together with you. And uh, even though, I don't know, had we pressed record, you guys were giving me a lot of grief early on. Maybe we hadn't pressed record at that point. You, I, you, I'm looking at it right now. It's, yeah, we, we did press record, unfortunately. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's Jeb Burnside. Jeb's a freelance aviation writer and editor, serving as the editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. He's also a regular contributor to to contributor to other aviation publications online. You can find Jeb's work at aviationsafetymagazine.com. His magazine is on Twitter at, as avsafetymag. You can also find his work at aea.net and avweb.com on Twitter. He is Burnside J. And Dave, Dave Higdon's an aviation photographer and aviation journalist and the U.S. editor for London's Ab Buyer magazine. You can find his work online at abbuyer.com and aea.net. And on Twitter, he is Real Higdon. And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, freelance writer, and a digital media producer. Find me online in most of the usual places by the all-one-word username Jack Hodgson, for example. Twitter.com slash Jack Hodgson. YouTube, Jack Hodgson. Patreon, Jack Hodgson. You can find my e-books on Amazon by searching for Around the Field in the Books section. And you can sign up for my email newsletter at jackhodgson.com. Hey, David, was there something you wanted to tell us? Well, it was a... It, it crossed my mind when we were talking about the uh, feral flying cat that uh, you don't need nine lives to have a long, happy life in aviation because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. Bye-bye. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. Another way to say what Dave just said is the bad news is time flies. The good news is you're the pilot. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Angry cats. I came up. I kept writing these. Cat attack. That's a possible title. All right. David, did you say divine and wild? That could be the winner right there. Um, traveling cat. Feral flying cat. Uh, feral. feral flying feline. Oh, that's got. Feral flying time. feline. Feral flying feline. Okay. Who made the flight crew catatonic? Ha, 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 ha.